Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I'm Dan. Uh, how are you doing? What's new? Um, you know what? Not much. Uh, I blistered my hands, though, cooking food. Like, and I mean, actually oh, blistered. No. Uh, for whatever reason, I thought it'd be smart to uh, use my fingers to help sear meat. Uh, instead of using, you know, a cooking tool. Uh, and so I severely burned one of my fingers like an idiot. Mm. Or you successfully seared some meat. Oh, I did. That was some fucking crusty ass meat. It was great. I know that sounds disgusting, but yeah. it was great. <laughs> Ashley had the rumblies that only hands could satisfy. Actually, I, it was pork and I ate it myself. Ashley had none of it, uh, and she's not allowed to have any of it, because I said so. Carl. Uh, how are you? Uh, not bad, not bad. Um, been doing some gaming. I got a, a new computer with my Biden bucks. There you go. I legitimately thought about doing that, because uh, my computer's been acting up as well. Because, like, all of a sudden, like, randomly, for, like, a couple seconds, it'll just, the CP usage will just shoot up for no reason. So, uh, I've recently just reinstalled Windows, and then slowly started adding back programs one by one to figure out what the fuck the problem was. Uh, it turns yeah. out it was the Discord app. So, thanks, Discord. Oh. Yeah, that's usually how I fix computers, is just, just reinstall everything. Yeah. I'll tell you what's nice, though. Having the Magic Arena app on my phone. Yeah, that is nice. It's convenient. It's convenient. Uh, they did update it so, like, friend list functionality is in the mobile app now, so I can challenge you guys from there. I know Bill had, like, a fucking meltdown about it. That sounds like Bill, having meltdowns about stupid shit. Actually, wait, that sounds like me. What am I talking about? But, uh, yeah. All all good here still. Good. Uh, I know you've been playing Subnautica because, you know, Subnautica. Because I won't shut up about it. Right. Are you playing on, on your PC? Yeah, I had it for um, uh, for the PlayStation 4, but uh, when I got the new computer, I got it through my Steam account. So I got Subnautica and uh, the sequel slash expansion to it it's more like an expansion pack uh it's called below zero it's still not officially out yet um it's like still under heavy development but it officially releases in may and uh so i've been playing that a lot and it's it's real good nice let's see what have i been I've been playing a lot of apex legends which is another battle royale which is apparently the only games i play anymore uh, it's fun. I'm actually, like, good at that game. It's actually shocking how good I am at that game. 
Is that a ramps and shields type game? Uh, you don't build in it, but yes, there are shields. Uh, it's basically like a battle royale, but with abilities. So like, uh, depending okay. on, on, on the character you have, they have specific abilities. Like there's one called Octane. And it's more like Overwatch or something. Yeah, it's like a beautiful combination between like standard BR and uh, Overwatch. Cool. Man, I would like to get into Overwatch. I, I kind of like Overwatch, this whole thing, but I, I don't have anybody to play with, and I feel like that game is hellish to play solo queue. I don't know. I I never really had an interest in the game, but, like, one thing that I saw from it that was pretty funny was, uh, like, the one character is, uh, like, a gunslinger. Um, so, like... the. <laughs> The guy who did the voice acting for it actually was like online playing it and he would just go, it's high noon. And everybody thought that he was like activating his ultimate ability and like run away. <laughs> yeah, McCree. He's a cool character. The only yeah. other thing that I know about that game is that like fucking Reddit is full of like e-girls posting pictures of themselves dressed as diva. And, like, I can't fucking avoid it as much as I try. Maybe I shouldn't go to those subreddits. You should definitely not go to those subreddits. Because D.Va is just built to be, like, e-girl fodder. Like, if you're a girl that cosplays and you play video games, you're, you're cosplaying as D.Va. There are no exceptions. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah, um... My weird fetish life aside, uh... <laughs> Let's let's do the show. Let's start with uh, what's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. Uh, I'm having Modelo, which is uh, an all-time favorite. Yeah, I feel like you have that most weeks. It's like it's like me and gin and tonic, you and Modelo. Yeah. And uh, speaking of which. Uh, I am not drinking a gin and tonic. Uh, I went to the liquor store, uh, what, two weeks ago, and picked up some Tito's and tonic. And uh, it's Tito's, and it's tonic water, and it's delicious. Nice. No, nothing special. Uh, but special things to talk about, uh, because it's our show. Uh, Stacking Triggers, our Magic the Gathering podcast. The link is in the description. Or in the description. Oh my god, am I YouTube? I'm YouTube now. Uh, the link is in our show notes. Uh, and this week it's just you and me and we're talking about Strixhaven and all the things yeah, that are coming Bill, out from Strixhaven. Bill couldn't make it, so it's probably the best episode we've done yet. So. <laughs> we love you, Bill. Come back to the show. <laughs> He's my special boy. Uh, also, I was on Rabbit Ears with Ashley, also on Netflix.com, to talk about WandaVision, the hot Marvel show that people love uh how do we feel about it gotta listen to find out but i go on a 10 minute rant two se two five minute separate rants about uh fans being awful <laughs> and fortunately ashley ashley was just like yeah just do your thing i don't give a fuck this, uh, this fills out my show all right uh anything you you want to shout out no nah, i'm all right um I'm done talking to Gerald about things, so uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess I did. Uh, like it's it's already on his early release for Patreon, but I did uh, an episode of Two Peas on a Podcast with him, 
uh, where we talked about our top five arcade games. Uh, and that was pretty fun. So check that out if you're a patron. And if you're not a patron, you should be one. And if you choose not to, then uh, wait for it to come out on the regular feed, I guess. Yeah, we'll talk I, about it then, I too. can't help you. You know, uh, if you're a fan of arcade games, you should really try this game on PS4 called Resogun. It's very arcade style and kind of how it plays. It's more three. It's more three dimensional because it's a, play, a PS4 game, but uh, it the gameplay loop is super fun. Okay, might have to check it out. All right, and uh, with that, let's get into some news. Oh shit! It's mail time. Uh, first up, Ronnie Del Carmen, best known as the co-director for Inside Out. Uh, has signed an exclusive overall deal with Netflix. The deal comes with a feature that will be rooted in the mythology of his home country of the Philippines and also allows him to consult on other animated projects within Netflix. Yeah, uh, this is, I guess, a big thing for people who like animated stuff. Uh, I have not seen Inside Out famously. Uh, In fact, I've seen like maybe two Pixar movies total. Which ones? Uh, Toy Stories one and two. Yeah, you should watch Wally. Is uh, is Finding Nemo Pixar? Mm-hmm. Okay, three. And everyone's everyone, uh, of course, memes on the fact that I haven't seen any of them. So they're just like, "Well, Dan, you just haven't experienced true emotion yet." To which I say, "I guarantee, if I watched all of them, which I would like to do, uh, someone makes me watch Pixar. Uh, I guarantee, if I watch all of them, I will not cry once." <laughs> unfortunate because i live in the real world and that all, that doesn't make me cry so nothing will uh and, and the clickbait fear mongers are back caleb uh if yahoo finance is to be believed and they shouldn't be uh, netflix is again testing weekly releases for its shows uh they recently announced that too hot to handle and the circle both reality television shows uh, have been announced to be releasing in weekly batches of episodes as opposed to uh releasing all at one time uh yahoo finance took the ball and ran with it uh because they're not real journalism (laughs) so uh casey moore brought my attention to this and he uh (laughs) like we both started listing off shows on netflix that were released weekly and uh if you look at like the list pretty much all of them have been canceled so like, I, I don't think they're testing this so much as it's a popular model for reality shows. Like, Ashley watches all the Bravo Housewives shows, pretty much. And those release weekly. And she's there in front of her television set every week watching those garbage television shows. And I think they're just trying to say, hey, does it work for these? Because, like, they also had, like, the, you know, Joel McHale show, Joel McHale. Uh, Patriot Act with the Saint Minaj, the Michelle Wolf show, which I can't remember right now, but like those are all considered like news shows and therefore topical, and then therefore you release them weekly. So, are they testing it with reality shows? Yes. Are they testing it with everything? No. So, thanks Yahoo Finance for being the fucking worst. Sort yourselves out. Uh, let's do downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! So, we got six whole trailers to talk about this week uh the first one uh is for a movie called 
have you ever seen fireflies um spoilers uh they have yeah uh everyone will see fireflies after april 9th have you ever seen fireflies only on netflix um this is a foreign film it's kind of like an old lady talking about her life and it's uh you know like a character study i guess seems artsy uh, I mean, kind of. It also seems like it's sort of comedic because, like, it's this woman basically playing herself throughout all facets of her life, like as a kid and as an old lady. Like, she has just terrible old, like, Winona Ryder and Edward Scissorhands style makeup for, like, her being old. So, I don't know. Uh, if there was one trailer I could have dropped... Uh, if I had enough time to uh, to to call, uh, it would have been this one or actually the last one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, probably isn't something I'll check out. So yeah. All right. Um, the things that I will check out though, uh, because you know we'll talk about anything that involves this person. Uh, Dolly Parton, a music hairs tribute. In a star-studded evening of music and memories, a community of iconic performers honor Dolly Parton as the Music Hairs Person of the Year. Uh, she's a national treasure. She's our mm-hmm. our most cherished celebrity on the show. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about it, but then I'm like, no, nobody else. Literally, nobody else. Uh, just as Dax Shepard is our most hated. Yeah, Dax Shepard. <laughs> Dax Shepard sucks. <laughs> yeah um so this is gonna be featuring some uh performances from Katy perry leon bridges and miley cyrus who is dolly parton's goddaughter strangely enough yeah she's gonna um, be doing jolene i guarantee it I, I will put money on that oh yeah definitely um Let's see, Chris Stapleton, Sean Mendes, Yolanda Adams, and Willie Nelson. Will uh, uh, William Nelson himself? Yeah, William H. Nelson. That's nothing. I mean, it, it, you you tried. Speaking of uh, trying, uh, David Attenborough is doing another nature documentary that he narrates. Yep. Uh, it's called Life in Keller. Experience a world that has long been hidden from your eyes. Uh, so I guess the gimmick of this is it's just like very colorful animals that they talk about and like how they use color to um, interact with their environment and each other. Sure. This reminds me of uh, Halo Reach. It had this uh, mode called Forge where you could basically build your own maps. And uh, it had this filter called Juicy. And everything looks like it's under the fucking Halo Reach Juicy filter. Because, of <laughs> course it is. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a comparison you would make. <laughs> Look, I only know one thing in this video games, and I only sort of know that. Next trailer I'm pretty excited about. Uh, yep. It's a movie called Stowaway. Uh, on a mission headed to Mars, an unintended stowaway accidentally causes severe damage to the spaceship's life support systems. Facing dwindling resources and a potentially fatal outcome, the crew is forced to make an impossible decision. 
This is directed by Joe Penna and stars Anna Kendrick, Daniel Day Kim, Shamir Anderson, and Tony Collette. Uh, the the whole Mission to Mars genre is very big right now. Um, and I feel like Netflix has had a fairly high rate of success with these type of movies. Um, the Titan notwithstanding. <laughs> well, I mean... It's the Titan. Oh my god, that's who this is. Okay, uh, so the director of this movie is the guy who directed Arctic with Mads Mikkelsen back in 2018. Which, if you haven't seen Arctic, mm, yeah. that movie is pretty great. Yeah, I liked it. Okay, that has me especially hyped for this now. I mean, like, I was already pretty hyped based off the cast, like... Anna Kendrick in a dramatic role is going to be interesting. Tony Collette is pretty much good in everything. Uh, it's nice seeing Daniel Day Kim in anything. And, uh, I mean, Shamir Anderson, never heard of him before, but uh, I'll, I'm glad to give him a shot. Yeah. Um. Basically what it is, like, the the crew on the ship, like, you know, they they take off. There was like a guy who was working on the life support system and got like knocked out and they ended up taking off because like somebody didn't do their fucking checks properly before they decided to initiate the mission. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're just on their way to Mars and like the guy's freaking out because, you know, he has no way to get home and it's like a two year mission. Uh, but then like the life support system's fucked up. So they only have enough oxygen for three people. And they have to discuss, you know, well, do we just fucking shoot someone out the airlock or what? Yeah. I'll be very interested to see how they handle this because that that's a that's a fucking trip. It's like, hey, we only have a we have enough oxygen for three people. How are we gonna get around yeah. this? Like, do we do we uh, make the decision to kill somebody or do we try to save everybody and potentially all die? Right. And then there's also they also have the discussion of, like, do we kill the experiments that we're on? Like we're we're doing because, like, we're trying to bring plant, plant life to Mars and see if it lives. But like, that's also taking up oxygen. Mm hmm. Or wait, am I forgetting how plants work? Do they take in carbon dioxide and then produce oxygen? Uh, Generally. But, uh, there's, I mean, it's not like they could, like, live off the oxygen the plants generate. Like, a lot of times when plants are just beginning to grow, they actually consume more oxygen than they produce, so. Mm, okay. I'd, I'd call it a, a net even. All right, then I feel less stupid. Thank you. It's been a while since I had high school biology, so I forgot. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. This this looks potentially great. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty good. Alright, uh the next one is for Two Distant Strangers, an Oscar-nominated live-action short film. In Two Distant Strangers, cartoonist Carter James repeated attempts to get home to his dog are thwarted by a recurring deadly encounter that forces him to relive the same awful day over and over again. Uh, it's another Groundhog Day. Yeah, uh, except our main character is black, and the encounter is with the police. 
So of course, you're you all see how this is going. It's pretty awful. Um, I don't know if we review this. I can't wait to also staple it onto another instance of us reviewing uh, when we first met and arc. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. We should just do that every time there's like a time loop movie. We just like re-review all of them. <laughs> that sounds like hell. <laughs> there's a podcast that I actually really like. It's called Till Death Do Us Blart. And the conceit of it is that like every American Thanksgiving, they watch and review Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. And they just watch it and review it once a year, every year until the end of linear time. That sounds like true hell. And like, yeah. And like whenever. Like they've they've made a pact, like when one of them dies, the show continues and like they nominate somebody to take their place. (laughs) Are these like elderly people that have a real chance of dying? No, they're just I don't know. They're like my age. You're like four years older than me. Yeah. But they've got kids and stuff, so. I mean, yeah, we're going to live forever because we don't have children. Yeah. But then there's no one to take up the mantle. That's fine. The bat dies tonight. (laughs) I don't know. I saw some backlash to this trailer because uh, it's more Black Suffering movie. And, uh, you know, some... Some people on Twitter were like, don't we have enough black suffering movies? And it, it wasn't even just like white people. It was actually black people saying like, look, we got enough. Like, I don't I don't know if we I need to see a man get uh, George Floyded every five yeah. minutes. Yeah, which I think is fair. I don't know that I need to see that. Uh, the other thing is, uh, this is one of the first this is Netflix entered a partnership with. I want to say the Academy Awards because, like, before you'd have to like actively search out a lot of the Oscar-nominated uh, best short films category, and Netflix entered a partnership where they're—I believe—they're going to carry all of them. But I could be wrong okay. about that. So uh, expect more awards-type stuff from Netflix in in terms of short film category stuff. All right. Consider it expected. The last trailer is what is this? A series? Yes. Movie? Series. Okay. Uh a series called Sexify. Budding software developer Natalia knows a lot about programming and very little about sex. With her friends Monica and Paulina, she embarks on a quest to better understand the mysteries of the female orgasm, build an app that will win an inter-university competition. And maybe, just maybe, serve the needs of her peers. Uh, I assume sexually. Um, I don't know, it's funny girl comedy about demystifying sex. uh, And the fact that women can experience orgasms. uh, Despite all uh, evidence to the contrary in my life. They can? That's news to me. Well, I, I mean, I've never seen it, so I mean, yes, women can have orgasms, but you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get so many tweets. 
Oh man. That that see, you're pretending like we get any interaction on this show whatsoever. People just listen to our show That's as true. like background noise and just go, Oh yeah, they they said something stupid, whatever. Yeah. What do you think we are? The countdown where I've... people fawn over everything that Wayne says? <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I yes, I've experienced uh seeing women have orgasms and that's as much as i'm going to say on the matter uh and if you haven't you're just bad at sex you need to learn how to do it better now i'm thinking about the bob's burgers episode where the guy wanted to play his guitar in the restaurant and he just did the song where it goes i'm good at sex you're bad at sex i'm good at sex you're bad at sex Uh uh-huh i've watched some bob's burgers i just haven't watched enough to understand what you're talking about it's a fine show. I think I fell off around season five. I think they did like a. There's like a water balloon fight, and that was like the last episode that I saw. Huh. Uh, yeah, sexify looks like whatever. It's a yeah, it's a thing. It does. Uh, notable fact: all of the character, all the female character names end with a. Interesting. I don't know what the significance behind that is, but it, it, it is a thing that is that is happening. All right. And that'll move us into uh, Quick Hits, where we potentially talk about things we watched this week. Um, Not for me, because, uh, oh. like I said, I've been doing a lot of games. Yeah, me too. So I also have nothing that I, else that I watched this week. Okay. Um... Uh, a shocking amount of time logged on uh, what I got my computer like four or five days ago. And I've so far logged like I think Steam said 18 hours on Subnautica below zero. Good God. All right. Uh, well, that'll bring us over into a break, I guess. And when we mm-hmm. come back, we'll have uh, Wonder Bread on to talk about Alice in Borderland. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy Della Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, we are, of course, joined by uh, noted I-don't-watch-stuff-in-foreign-languages-man, Wonderbread. Corey, welcome. Hello. Cue epic techno music. I forgot to listen to that song you sent me. Uh, It's it's the, the song that plays anytime something like awesome is about to happen it's like the do 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 it's great i love your recreation uh it but is it better than the shit's going down in phoenix right music the first phoenix right yes it's ooh. nothing gets me more hyped than the like 
holy shit, fuck's about to pop off music in this show. Uh, gu- guten Tag, Wunderbrot. Sorry, I've been uh, learning German on Babbel, and I realized I hadn't said anything yet. So That's, It's fine. Uh, and speaking of the show, we are talking about Alice in Borderland, a Japanese Netflix original show. Yes. Uh, Alice in Borderland is an action fantasy mystery series. It is a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb. A group of bored delinquents are transported to a parallel wasteland as part of a survival game. Uh, and of course, we always start with our guests. So, Corey, what did you think of Alice in Borderland? Man, I just like really love this show. It's... It was just great. I watched it just out of the blue. I was bored and I was trying to find something that could hold my attention. And I was like, oh, this looks cool. And then I saw a YouTube video, actually. And it was like, there, apparently there's like a YouTube subculture of this one guy who just tries to figure out how to survive different series. There's like a how to survive the purge and all kinds of bullshit. And he had an episode on Alice in Borderland, and I watched, like, the first five minutes of it. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, this show looks like exactly the kind of thing that I would want to watch. It's like Yu-Gi-Oh! Back whenever it was about shadow games and not children's card games. It's Mm -hmm. got, like, a mystery, so it's like I kind of got that aspect going to it. And then I turned it on, and it was in Japanese, and I was like, well, here we go. I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> You're a hypocrite. I had to learn how to read. Yeah. The the last time you were on the show, you went, I don't watch stuff in foreign languages because I don't like to read. And now here you are, a, a, an avid reader. It is. I actually, I started playing Yakuza because of uh, Alice in Borderland. Look at you. Being all open to because shit. The, all being fucking... What's the opposite of xenophobic? Xenophilic? Xenophilic? Being all xenophilic and shit. (laughs) Yeah. Xenophilic sounds like you, uh, you have sex with xenomorphs. It does. Uh, Caleb, what did you think? (laughs) Um, I like this show quite a bit, uh, mostly because, like, the plot is almost beat for beat the same as, um a game for the Nintendo DS that I like a lot called The World Ends With You. Um, which I was like, oh, the the game that they're in, it's basically World Ends With You. And then I was on board with it because I love that game. It also takes place in in Shibuya, which is where the game takes place. So, uh, like, whenever they were at, like, the Scramble Crossing, I was like, oh, I know that. Sure. Uh, as for me, uh, I also like this because it reminds me of like a bunch of anime and video game properties. Like I picked out like Sword Art Online, Danganronpa, mm-hmm. uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, but for a different reason than Corey listed. But we'll talk about it when we talk about spoilers. <laughs> uh, yeah. th- this is also kind of similar to a movie we watched a while back called Gantz O, except it doesn't have like demon monsters and it's less anime it's less anime and it's also good that's true 
Uh, so, so broad strokes. Let's just talk about like the gen, like the general plot. Uh, I don't know. I felt like this was more anime than live action stuff. Like, in fact, uh, yeah. I'm actually surprised this was not an anime. Well, I think it was an anime. So I did a little bit. Uh, it was definitely a manga. Yeah, it was a manga, and then I think it had an OVA. And then it got turned into the live action series. Okay, that makes sense. You you know what this like show reminds me of most? Uh, this is very at least the 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 first like big chunk of it. It reminds me a lot of all the stuff I liked about Final Fantasy fifteen, where it it's just about like friends, like it's starts off and it's just like this really good friendship that you're like oh they like actually hang out with each other and they have their own little interactions and their own dynamic in their friend group and stuff and mm -hmm. i think that's like what hooked me in the show is that you don't see a lot of shows come out of like the u.s that's just like a pure friendship kind of thing it's always kind of diluted by some other stuff. It's, it's why Stranger Things kind of works, because you're invested in their friendship, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. And all I could think of this whole time was, if this was an American show, they would just ruin it. <laughs> uh, that sounds about right. We ruin a lot of things. Uh, I, I don't, it's, it's just quirky enough that like it feels unique. Like the whole like, hey, uh, the games are based off of like a playing card. So like everything has its own kind of rule set, like the the suit is its own kind of game type. And then the number on the face of the card is uh, the the difficulty level of the card. Uh, no, note how they never had a game that was like an ace. I, I can't imagine what an ace level difficulty would be like. It'd probably be like fucking Tetris, like clear 10 lines of Tetris. Yeah, I the only downside I had with this entire show is I wanted more games like I wanted the characters to play more games just because I was so interested in how the dynamics of everything would work. Yeah, because what we only get like there, there's eight episodes, there's six games, five games. I think there might only be five games because yeah, we'll get into it later but i think the last chunk of the show is like three episodes and it's one yeah. kind of what was thing. it there was the there was the life or death game there mm -hmm. was the hide and seek yeah there was tag yeah there yeah. was the uh the distance one the, oh mm -hmm. it's six there was there was the um the water trap one Oh yeah, the with, water the, with trap the light bulb. One. Oh yeah, and then there's witch hunt. Yeah, so there's six. But even still, like that's not even one per episode. Like that's not great in terms of like ROI for games. Like it's basically like the whole universe is based off of like, hey, play these games uh, to extend your visa, and then they only show you like six. And it's like, okay, I guess that's cool, but also, yeah. eh. Yeah, they kind of step out of the the game aspect to like do plot stuff, but like I don't know. I like the 
the episodes where they're doing a game because it turns into like a cool like monster of the week type format. Right. Well, it's also cool because like you can figure out the games while they are. It's not like one of those things where like the show does a really good thing of making you feel smart. Like I would figure out what needed to happen like five seconds before the characters would. And I feel like they kind of lead you to the answer without you actually processing it, you know? Right. Like, it's like a good detective show. Like, it gives you yeah. the same amount of clues. You you work with the same information as the detective, and then you can figure it out as well. Yeah. Um. So, I guess we'll just do, like, the setup. Um. So, our, our main character, Arisu, uh, who is the titular Alice, because that's his, uh, his online handle, because he's a hardcore elite pro gamer. Yep. Did you also catch that, uh... When people were saying his name, they would say Alice sometimes. Like, saying yeah. Arasu quickly in Japanese is just Alice. Arasu. Arasu. So, like, his his dad is a career man, and his brother is a, a career boy, and he's just kind of, like, the loser in the family. Uh, and his brother's just like, you know, you're just, like, a parasite in this house. You should... You know, stop skipping your job interviews and do something with your life because dad hates you. Uh, so he leaves and meets up with uh, his friends. One of them is um, knocking off from work for the day. And the other one's just like uh, a bartender who like got fired because he sucks at everything. Uh, ma- mainly because he's fucking the boss's uh, girlfriend. But yeah, because he sucks. Yeah. There's there's an incident, the police chase them, uh, and they, like, run and hide in a bathroom, and then the lights go out, and then uh, when they come out, there's nobody around, like, the whole city's just empty, uh, yeah. and then they find out they're in the game, so. So, uh, I will ask, what is everyone's favorite game? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you kind of have to separate it by like what game was the most interesting and then what like you had the most fun figuring out Mm -hmm. I had the most fun with the witch hunt Uh, I would not want to be in the witch hunt (laughs) well considering what happens during the witch hunt sure but I also really liked the the bus one Uh, I thought that had a good like solution kind of like a twisted logic to it i don't want to spoil anything too much but no uh for me i think because like life and death that one just kind of seemed like oh you figured this out by like you figured out everything by dumb luck like i watched the solution to that and just went Really? Okay. I mean, good for you figuring like having math skills in order to determine the length of a building. But still, like, you, uh, yeah. well, like that kind of sets up how RSU's brain worked, like, because he's a master of like puzzle games and stuff. It's so, like that kind of set him up to be the the person who would figure everything out in each game that he was in. Uh, I actually like that one a lot. That's probably my favorite. Sure. Uh 
I don't know. I would I would actually say I would actually say the light bulb one, which like the solution to that was super interesting, and I never would have thought of that. And you know, probably would have died. Well, I thought what they were gonna do is because uh, they've previously shown that the phones all have cameras, and because it had a waterproof case, I was like, well, why wouldn't you just turn the camera on? Shut the door, turn all the switches one at a time, and then just watch the video. But the way they did it was also really interesting. Right. Like, it's the, if we don't have phones, this is how you how you solve the problem. But of course, yeah. it's like Seinfeld with phones, like half the episodes don't work. Yeah. Well, I would say that's the only puzzle that doesn't work, or, or that would work with the phone. Everything else was pretty good mm -hmm. there there should have been a puzzle where it's like you have uh a chicken a bag of grain and a wolf and you have one boat and you can only take one at a time to cross the river and how do you get them all to the other side oh man that was like the first logic puzzle that i learned and i just i think that's a a fun puzzle. Yeah. I, I think the other thing, and uh, aside from like a couple liberties they take with uh, how they play with time, uh, all of the trials basically pass in real time. It's like if they say, hey, you have like a minute or uh, uh, you have two minutes to solve this thing. Two minutes actually takes place. And that really makes you feel like the rush they have because it's not like dragon ball z where it's like oh the plan's gonna blow up in five minutes and then uh, 20 episodes later the plan's gonna blow up in four uh, four minutes and 30 seconds will goku be able to defeat frieza find out on the next exciting episode of dragon ball z frieza defeated <laughs> there's there's a really interesting theory i heard about the the dragon ball z planet exploding thing that frieza knew it was gonna take longer than five minutes and he just told that to Goku so that he would be in a rush. Because normally if you're in a fight and you're rushing, it like throws you off your guard. Sure. So there's no reason that Frieza should have miscalculated by that much. Yeah. That's a, that's a fucking 300 IQ uh, elite pro strategy. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Frieza wasn't that bad of a villain. Didn't he turn into a good guy at some point? Isn't he uh, a good guy now? Yeah, there's a... So we could talk about Dragon Ball Super for hours, but basically, yeah, they recruit him to help save their universe because they're in Universe 6 and there's a universe tournament. And Oh my it, god, there's another tournament? I love it. I need yeah, to watch it immediately. Uh, it's, it's kind of an insane tournament. Uh, but aside from that, let's continue talking about this because we'll be talking about Dragon Ball forever. Uh, is there anything else anyone wants to say before we get into spoilers? And uh, what kind of happens in the show? No, I think um, just off the bat, like, don't listen to the rest of this if you even have a tertiary interest in the show, because half the fun of it is figuring out what the fuck is going to happen next. Right. So, yeah. And it's hard because you can't really talk about the show much without spoilers. That's true. I I was mildly annoyed at a couple parts like in it shows it in the trailer for it like 
they shoot day for night with like a blue filter over it. And uh, <laughs> don't do that. I don't know. The only sh- movie that's ever really gotten away with day for night was uh, Mad Max Fury Road. And that was very purposeful what they were doing. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, uh, with that, we're going to jump into spoilers for Addis- Allison, eh, Addison Borderland. Allison Borderland. Uh, so if you. Hi, my name's Addison Borderland. That's actually a tremendous uh, alter ego to use for whenever military recruiters come up to me in Best Buy and say, hey, you're in Best Buy buying DVDs from six years ago. You should join the military. <laughs> They're like, you like playing Call of Duty. How would you like to do it in real life? I'm, I'm not even kidding. That actually happened. And I gave the man a fake name and number. <laughs> I would have just said, no, thank you, sir. Have a wonderful day. No, 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 this is better. Because then he calls the fake number, and then they're like, who the fuck are you talking about? Or it goes nowhere because it's not a real number. Or that. And I just get away from it. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, sure, just call me this number, blah, 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 I don't give a shit. Fuck off. Way to waste taxpayer money. With that, spoilers. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like, no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could Son just play of a bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. And uh, I have to talk about the very ending, which uh, was the first thing I said to Corey after I finished. Which was when all the fucking blimps showed up. I'm like, what is this, Battle City in Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> Hilarious, but true. Yes. Uh, so, spoiler, st- uh, spoiler stuff, uh, talk about it. What, what do you guys want to talk about? Uh, should we just go, like, chronologically what happened? Because yeah. uh, it might yeah, sure. be. So, uh, after they get to the the new area i have notes i took oh my god i don't i don't have a lot of them but uh so the first note i have is great tv friendship reminds me of final fantasy 15 i already said that but Uh i stand by one of my favorite tv friendships i've seen in a while and i think them playing with that friendship made what happens so much of a gut punch because mm-hmm. I did not expect anything to happen with that. I thought that was interesting. Right. Um, but so I also, as we've said before, the, the use of logic and stuff in it is just great. Yeah. I like, I like the mechanic of like, they get a visa where like, you know, you can just relax for, you know, a set number of days. But then, like, when your visa runs out, you have to join a game to renew it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. And I liked, so in the first game, I liked when they immediately set up the, um, like, the the risks of everything when that girl just gets fucking sniped in the head Lasered, by sky yeah. lasers. Which, that's another really cool aspect of the show. She She gets killed by the Jewish space laser. Yeah, like, it's amazing how little sense that makes, and it really puts you in this, like, otherworldly mindset of what's happening, where it's almost like, 
I, I thought for sure, and it might still turn out to be this, but I thought for sure that it was going to be like they're in a VR reality. Like the Matrix, yeah. Or, uh, uh, never mind, I'm not going to spoil a video game, but there are video games where... Oh, oh I thought you were going to go with Sword Art Online or Dot Hack Sign. No, um, there are things that happen in Dungan Rompu that involve... Uh, <laughs> virtual reality. Oh, okay. Also, a great game. Yes. Yeah. Also, uh, Prey, the the newest yeah. remake of that, it is kind of similar, I guess. I don't want to spoil that game. Uh, that game is amazing in the first twenty minutes, and then, uh, never really reaches those heights again. And then the ending's kind of cool. Oh, oh, so it's Bioshock Two. Yeah, if you play the first, like, 20 to 30 minutes of that game, real good. And then you can stop. I allow you. <laughs> and then, so, in that first game, they meet up with the the lady who was fucking her boss. Who said she was at work. Yeah, and then they do the hard cut. Yeah. And she's fucking her boss. I like that. I kind of, I could have done with a little bit less... Um, flashbacks in the middle of stuff. I I kind of wish they would have gone the lost route and done like a flashback for a character at the beginning of an episode before everything kicked off. Sure, uh, especially I think it was in the last episode or second to last episode or something like. There's about to be an awesome fight, and they have two back to back flashbacks, which were both really interesting. Mm -hmm. But I was like. Well, that's very, that's very anime is like having flashbacks within moments like that. But yeah, so I liked uh, her introduction and how that all goes. Um, and it kind of up the stakes for things when uh, they make it through the game, but their friend like fucks his leg up. So how is he going to be able to survive the, the next games? What's going to happen? Yeah, I don't know. Like. I, I didn't really like that girl that much. Like, I don't oh, I know. Didn't I didn't like think her it's... either, but I liked the idea of a outside element infiltrating a friend group. Um, yeah, and... and then, like, she's using her vagina as a means of survival, basically. Which really didn't work at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that just goes to show bros before hosts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, what? There's the second game. Which was tag, which I liked mm -hmm. that it was just uh, Arasu and his blonde friend Karube. Uh, yeah, Karube. I liked. Uh, I thought a lot more was going to happen uh, with him because the second game. I guess we should say what the second game is. Uh, yeah, is just tag, but with people with submachine guns. Mac tens. Mac tens. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting thing, uh, and I liked how it that game introduced us to our other main characters. Right, because you have uh, clearly ripped off from anime guy. Uh, yeah, uh, Cheshire. Yeah, yeah, Chisaru or something like that. Uh, no, no, his name's actually Cheshire. Oh, that makes that makes Cheshire sense. Cat. That's why he just watches all the games. Oh, uh, okay. And he also has like the big eyes. So, like, 
Uh, and then you have a uh, girl who I thought was going to turn out to be Alice until I realized that was Arisu. Because she, this badass girl just shows up at the end of the first episode and you're like, well, I don't know who the fuck this is or what's going on, but she must be important. Right. And then she is because she, she can and climb then she shit. Is. And her uh, abilities in that tag game were just awesome. There, there's one specific part where she's just like, I'll go check downstairs. You guys go upstairs. And then she just jumps off the ledge and they're like, what the fuck? Right, and then you find out she's a climber, and so she has that ability to do that. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. Then for the third game, was there anything else with the second game I'm missing? I mean, we had the whole, like, uh, Chota and girl sex scene that happens. Oh, yeah. I kind of just glazed over that. I was yeah. just like, ah, I don't... Yeah, I, I just went, oh, he's getting laid. Cool. So he's probably dying soon. Uh, my note for episode two is classic creepy blonde anime villain. Cool. Um, Who, uh, for and then, Cheshire? Yeah, for Cheshire. I, I, I liked him. I ended up liking him more uh, as the show went on. Sure. At first, I was just like, oh, this is clearly the character who's going to be the villain, but he's also going to join the team. He's like their Vegeta. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And then... The third episode um, was interesting when uh, Chota and Sex Girl um, need to renew their visas and they get a hearts game. Uh, and do you have notes on what each of the suits of cards were? Uh, I don't, but like, I believe Clubs is a game based on like pure athleticism. Uh, yeah, it's physical. Yeah. Then uh, hearts is loyalty and betrayal. And then uh, spades is like teamwork. And I don't remember what diamonds was. But then I, I, think I don't diamonds even remember is them. like the mental games, isn't it? Yeah, diamonds was mental. Okay. So yeah, we, we got all four. So they get a hearts game. Um, and it's hide and seek. And it, I. I at first, I was like, this game doesn't make any sense because it says go hide from the wolf and you, you kind of go along with the, the journey of them figuring out what the fuck's going on. Because as soon as they were like, well, the, the wolf has to hide. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Right. And then they were like, if, if you if whoever's the wolf at the end of the game, uh, they live and everybody else dies. Yeah, because they have like the the bomb collars, which were established in the um in the tag, tag episode. Game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and uh, the mechanics for that's pretty cool because they have to put on like these like futuristic glasses that like whenever they make eye contact with each other, it shifts who's the the wolf. Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering if there was a way. Uh, to get around that game. I'm sure they're going to reprise that game, actually, because I, I remember, like, Arasu at the very end is like, oh, well, Hearts games are never what they seem to be, so I'm sure there's a solution where no one has to die. And I'm like, oh, so we're going to be seeing a, another uh, hide-and-seek game at some point, and he's going to figure out what he could have done. 
So my theory on that was uh, there was something in the the reflections because there was so much water. I wonder if they all could have looked at like made eye contact through a reflection with the wolf and transferred hmm. it to each of them. That was my theory. Hmm. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about something like that too, but uh, nothing ever really materialized for my for my brain. Um, but that episode, uh, you know, it's just them, the sex girl betrays them immediately as is tradition. Yep. And then the, the friendship kind of falters as the blonde guy goes and starts to kind of lose it. But then he immediately believes in the power of friendship and is like... Yep, they draw. Yeah. They they put their hands together. They draw the symbol of friendship, and then Yugi beats Kaiba. To yeah. and um, yeah, they basically like uh, Shota and Karabe decide to like sacrifice themselves so Aruso can live because he's got the best chance of winning. Uh, and they kind of force Shibuki to make the same sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Choda's like, it doesn't matter, had sex. He's like, oh, my yeah. virginity's gone, I can die now. I was like, okay. I didn't realize it was going to be this soon, but okay. Uh, and I was shocked they actually died, because yeah. uh, I was fully prepared for um, the blonde guy to... Uh, I don't know why I can't remember his name ever. Karube? Uh, you could tell me it a hundred times. Ube? Karube? Arube. Yep. Aruba. Yep, Aruba, um, Jamaica. Arube. Karubi, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take ya. Tuchota. I gotta go to. Oh, baby, <laughs> you're gonna die in Alice in Borderlands. Uh, so I thought for sure he was gonna, like, join the militia at the, beast, or at the beach because uh, sure. they set that up in the previous episode where he was all interested in what the militia was doing. And it, it seemed like everybody in their team was going to kind of do the anime thing of splitting up at some point and then coming back together to, like, fight the real villain. But no, they just killed the main two characters, uh, or the two of the main characters, which I thought, I was like, I don't want to say I was devastated by it, but I was really sad when that happened. I was really surprised. It reminded me a lot of uh, Sword Art Online episode four, which is when uh, the main character of that show joins up with like a group for the f for the only time he ever does. And then like he takes them into this dungeon where they're all woefully underprepared for it. They just all start dying in front of his face and he can't do anything about it. But like he winds up surviving and has to carry on that burden. Yeah. Um, Aruso also does not take it well uh, and like spends... A, a day or two just laying in the middle of the street getting rained on. <laughs> it's like that meme where the girl's laying in the rain looking up. And it's like me listening to Taking Back Sunday when I was in ninth grade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's when uh, uh, random uh, climber girl comes in. And she's like, hey, stop being sad. And he's like, no. And then she's like, okay, and then comes back later and is like, <laughs> hey, you're going to stop being sad now because I'm taking you to my place. And I, I love that character. Um, I, I thought she was like really, they, they did a good job of making her both like an asset and not making her feel like she was t 
too overpowered. Sure. Uh, I I wish she would have been more used because like, especially in like the later episodes, all she's doing is just kind of like looking for Arasu in the hotel. And like, yeah, she has that one cool sequence where she like jumps out the window, like, and basically parkours over into the next room to to get Arasu out. But even still, it's like, eh, I don't know. Well, you got to think, though, the reason she was underutilized wasn't because of the show. It was because of the games. Like, I guess that is the interesting thing about the world of Alice in Borderland is you could be the best at something. And if you if you're like the biggest, you're the smartest person in the world and you get a physical game, you're just kind of fucked. Right. You know, like it's very direct in how the show works, where they kind of know what you're expecting to happen and then they fuck with you. And uh, after uh, Arasu stops being sad, this is where we get the bus game, which is basically like, hey, you basically had just had to sit still for for two hours. So. Here's a question I have for you guys about the bus game. Um, so later in the, the series, in the last episode, they reveal that there are these people called dealers who are in on the game, basically, right? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that guy who stayed on the bus was a dealer, because that kind of introduces this secondary aspect of, like, anybody in the, in the world could also be evil or working against you, not evil. So it kind of throws into doubt, like, even that girl from the the first game, she also could have been a dealer, you know? Right. Anyone could be a dealer. I, I did think it was funny that they didn't think to try and walk the other direction to see what would happen with the ti- the numbers, the distance numbers. They just assumed they had to go into the tunnel further. Well, that's the thing with the show, is, like, the obvious, like the obvious things to do, isn't always the correct thing to do. Like you saw that almost immediately with the first room in the first game. Like there's the life and death, and the girl goes in the life room and she dies. So, like they're they're setting you up to kind of think outside the box in order to survive these puzzles. Oh, um, also there was a panther in the tunnel. That was incredibly yeah, random for some reason. I don't, I don't understand it, but I can tell you the CGI wasn't very good in that episode. You know what? There was <laughs> another game. Uh, there was a seventh game. There was the game where uh, it was like during a montage where they had the, who was it? The militia? They had to go and hunt down animals in an amusement park. I guess that's true. Oh, we, yeah. we had like that montage of games. I guess I guess I forgot about that. But that's the only one from that montage I remember. There was one where it's like uh, two people are hanging on like a thing as it ascends. And then Oh yeah, the elevator. Yeah. Uh and then there was another one that like they're running through a building, but I never understood the purpose of that one. Oh, they had to find uh it was bingo. They had to find numbers hidden like on the walls in these different rooms and they only had eight matches. Ah, uh, okay. And it was like dark inside. Yeah. But yeah. Um so they get chased by a panther, and then there's what? It's the tunnel is also a dam. Is that what happened? Is that why there was a? Yeah, the tunnel flooded. Yeah, like they it, got to the, the end, tunnel. and it was just a wall. Like it's the uh, the infamous bridge to nowhere in New Jersey, where it's just like, oh, you just go into water now. 
they that after that is when the beach was introduced. Yeah, we get we get the beach and then that whole subculture of the beach and how Hatter is the the boss there and everyone has to wear swimsuits because you can't hide guns. And then there's only one certain subsection that has guns and it's like, I don't know about this one, boys. Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't seem good. And then I liked how they played with that where the guy who was in charge of the people with guns actually was doing it not to like overthrow anyone but because he was trying to maintain all these psychopaths i thought that was a good playing of expectations right um but the beach is basically like a utopia where you can do anything you can have sex and do drugs and it's like a big party but there's some kind of creepiness under the surface and i I always like that Mm. um and they introduced us to the other two characters who are probably going to be important in season two the forensic scientist lady and dreadlock girl dreadlock girl yeah yep uh dreadlock girl definitely looked like an anime character because i'm like oh she has weird hair therefore is certainly an anime character she's uh riku from final fantasy 10 yeah yeah uh she says fet a lot and then you hang out at the beach for a while they did the the light bulb game where uh, you could only leave the door open for uh, one time while the light bulb would be on. If you flipped a switch, they solved it by turning the first light switch on, leaving the door shut, flipping the second switch, uh, opening the door with it, and it wasn't on. And then they touched the light bulb and it was hot, which said that the first uh switch was the one they solved that game and arisu got brought into hatter's main crew uh with who who all was in there there was cheshire uh dreadlock girl uh well, creepy goth girl, girl i don't even think dreadlock girl was part of that i think she's just friends with cheshire oh so she wasn't part of the i'm trying to think who was part of the voting yeah she wasn't part of the voting it was it was Arasu, it was Cheshire, it was uh, Forensic Scientist Lady, it was Creepy Girl, and then there was uh, Tank Top the Tiger Mil- Man, and then yeah. uh, a certain definite anime character based off his shirt and the way he held a gun, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, everything seems like it's going well, they're all brought in. Hatter's main plan is to... Uh, collect all the cards and his theory is that uh well what he tells everybody is because we're one uh if we all collect all the cards we'll be allowed to leave um but it t- then it turns out that he's just in it to collect all the cards himself mm-hmm. and uh you know he starts to go a little crazy something happens that you don't know hatter gets killed there's a whole investigation uh, the military takes over. Um, they start like enacting kind of like a martial law. There's a guy with a katana who's the ultimate anime person. Yeah, the way he walks, all of his tattoos. I want him to be uh, in a Samurai Shampoo live action series. The way he fights with his sword, where he was like flipping around and 
like blocking stuff with his feet. I was like, oh, this is just Samurai Champloo. Yeah, he's Mugen. And then the uh, the final card appears, the Ten of Hearts, uh, and it's a witch hunt, and somebody got killed, um, and they have to figure out who did it. It's a big murder mystery. Mm-hmm. But the, the military comes in, they start murdering people, going crazy, and Arasu's tied up, so he can't help with the game. That was an interesting game, I thought. Yeah. I thought for sure what was going to happen was uh, Hatter is going to have done it before he died. And then somebody brought the body out. Because they showed Hatter was killing people. So I thought the game people, the game master, uh, was going to be waiting for Hatter to die so they could bring a body out. And it was going to be like a subterfuge. But it ended up being that she killed herself. They had to burn her body, but not before, like, half the people in the fucking Oh, it place felt like died. 75% of everybody. That felt like a fuck ton of people got fucking murdered. Because the, the military just went on a rampage. Katana guy burned down half the building. Then he got into a sword fight, or a, a, a martial arts fight with a dreadlock girl. And that was a great fight. That whole sequence was... My, probably my favorite non-game related thing oh, in yeah. the show. Well, I, the other cool thing, and this speaks more to it being anime, is the fact that like whenever people would get hit, they'd go flying, and it was like, oh, like you can see like a, a bit of CGI enhancement on, on it, and like you watch them go flying, and it's like, oh, so this is definitely trying to be live action anime. Like uh, when Arasu gets kicked by a uh, military leader guy. He, he, like, flies across the fucking room. There's a lot of sequences like that. Yeah. Um, Like, when they were pressing the buttons in the second game, and they both jumped for it, and it was, like, the ultimate anime shot. Yeah. I also thought it was funny that there's this whole heist aspect where Cheshire is trying to steal uh, all the cards from Hatter, and he betrays Arasu, and in order to find where the real safe is. And, uh, there's like a cool aspect with them finding out what the password is, where it's, uh, what's on the ring on the, the wax seal. And there's actually, what was it? There was a drawing or there was nothing in the envelope. Uh, I think we actually don't know, but they say it was probably a drawing of a deer head. And then, uh, that whole thing was cool. Cheshire is a really good character, even though he doesn't do anything. He's kind of like a an engineer character, but he doesn't actually participate in any of the games, really. So you don't know what he does. Um, and then they they solve it and they make it to the the place where all the dealers are, where they hide, I guess. It turns out the dealer's job was to make sure that all the games weren't won. I was a little confused on that part because uh, the the thing that it turns out is in order to get to phase two of the games, all you had to do was play all the games. They, you didn't even need to like win. It's just all the games had to be played. Right. 
Well, that ending, all or that reveal of like all the people, it reminded me a lot of like Cabin in the Woods, where it's just like, hey, let's t- let's take bets on who's gonna live and how many people are gonna live and all this stuff, and it's just a bunch of people cheering, and it's like, oh, it's just like that movie. But then all those people were also part of the game. They just had a different, a better thing to do in the game. And they all got killed, and then turns out that creepy goth girl was actually the game master or she's under the game master and she's like the face of the game and then phase two is gonna start and it's a bunch of fucking blimps which was the best reveal of the entire show as dan said earlier yep i feel like i've talked a lot yeah that's fine it happens uh okay well then uh that's it we did it we talked about the whole show uh, is there anything anyone's looking forward to in season two? Anything uh, else you want to say about the show? I don't know. I'm guessing like season two, they're going to start doing the face cards. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if those are part of the game, but like those are going to be like the super mega ultra hard ones. I assume everybody will have to play like it'll just be one at a time on the face cards. And it seems like maybe there's nine. Wait, there's 12 face cards. So if they did 12 episodes, they could do a face card an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's what I'm hoping for. I just want more games. That's my hope for season two is that we see more games. I agree. I want more games, more games per episode, please. I don't even want more games per episode. Just do monster of the week. One game, one episode. Uh, Sprinkle in some character development. That's it. That's all I need. Great show. Alright. Uh, Caleb, anything else you want to say? No, I'm good. Alright. Uh, Corey, thanks for coming on and uh, breaking down every like single ounce of Alice in Borderland with us. Oh, of, of course. It's... uh. You know, I might have even squeezed more water out of that pebble than you thought possible. It's possible. Uh, You don't do anything that you want to tell people about. Uh, Is there anything you want to direct people to? Uh, Absolutely not. Uh, I will say, do we rate this show? I mean, we can. I haven't yet. Is that a thing we do? Yeah. What would you give it? Uh, Five star. Well, okay. This is the Corey scale. Five star makes perfect sense. Uh, Caleb, what would you rate it? Uh, four stars. I'll go three and half. Three and a half. Back to your original question. No, I have nothing I want to promote. Uh, All right. Well, I am glad that we have something that you want to watch now on Netflix that isn't, uh, you know, a series of unfortunate events or definitely not, uh, what the fuck's it called? Lock and key. That's it. Oh, yeah. I forgot that that show existed. I wiped that whole. That show was a series of unfortunate events. That's true. All right. Uh, Thanks for coming on. And uh, with that, we're going to cut into a quick break. And when we come back, we will be talking about a patron requested review for Good Time starring Robert Pattinson. Hello everyone, this is JD from the In Session Film Podcast. Each week we review the latest from Hollywood, California. Well, yes, Brendan. We also give top three lists. Okay, yeah. Thanks again, Brendan. 
Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. On top of our main show, every Friday, you can also hear our extra film podcasts. Uh, you can listen to the In Session Film podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Listen to the In Session Film podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. No, 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 no. That's not how this <laughs> works, sir. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to get into our patron requested review for Good Time. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Good Time is a 2017 crime drama thriller film. It's a 7.4 out of 10 on Netflix, or on, yeah, on IMDb. Uh, after a botched bank robbery lands his younger brother in prison, Connie Nickus uh, embarks on a twisted odyssey through New York City's underworld to get his brother Nick out of jail. Uh, this is directed by Benny Softy and Josh Softy, and stars Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I pronounced any of those names correctly, but here we are. They're generally pronounced as the Safties. But whatever. Safety. Okay. That's what I thought, but I pronounced it like softy. I mean I guess for some reason. You went with the uh the fancy way of pronouncing it, so I'm sure they're like, oh yes, and they have their pinkies out now. Yes. Uh, so uh we were originally going to do an American president, however, it was no longer on Netflix, so we made the executive decision to take Julio's second uh op uh option of uh good time. And I have seen this movie before, which is why it was the yeah. second option. So uh, I want to hear from you. What did you think of Good Time? Yeah, it's fine, I guess. It's the the title is not accurate because uh, this Robert Pattinson man has a very bad time yeah. with a lot of this. Um, I don't know. My favorite part of it was the bank heist itself because it's like a, a pretty clever like ruse that they pull to try to like get away with the doing the crime. Uh, but unfortunately shit goes sideways because uh, they get out with the money, but then there's a die pack in the bag, which explodes in the car as they're getting away. Yeah. And it causes their driver to crash and then he's dead or something. They never yeah. really say arrested out of the plot. Yeah. You know, but like, he 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 looks like a character that I of a car like in GTA when I run to someone's car, he looks like somebody who I just hit their car and like they're potentially dead or maybe they're just knocked out. I don't know. But he was going low speed. Uh, as for me, yeah, I pretty much agree. This movie's fine. I don't like the Safety Brothers style. Like, uh, there's this and Uncut Gems, and neither of those movies I think are particularly that great. Like, I think Robert Pattinson is really good in this, but, like, there's also, in this movie, a six-minute sequence where we have a character who means literally nothing to the plot uh, have an entire, like, sequence dedicated to what they did the night before, uh, only to for them to say, I got a <laughs> bottle of acid uh, that's in a Sprite bottle 
that we can sell for money. Also, there's a bag of money. And it's like, okay, just tell me you have a bottle of acid in a Sprite bottle and a bag of money. Like, you don't need to say all that other shit because you're already an annoying character. Yeah. I don't know. This... The movie really just feels like a collection of scenes. I don't... <laughs> um, I don't know if I agree with that. Because, like, every every scene feels like it's Connie being... Like, with the bank... The bank heist, as you were saying, like, it's Connie being super clever. And until, like, he doesn't think of that one final thing, like uh, the bank robbery, he he thinks of everything until the die pack happens. And then the die pack happens. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are you going to do now? And, like, when he breaks who we think is his brother out of the hospital, he does everything clever until he actually gets him and it turns out it's not him. So, like... Uh, I I think it's just that like it's it's Connie think, thinking he's smarter than everybody else, but he always forgets that one important thing that uh, prevents him from fucking up. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't know. Like the 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 plot like does make sense. It's mm-hmm. just that like it it's just like a bunch of random shit. That they go through, like, they go to a theme park and it's all, like, just weird shit. Like, I don't know, it kind of reminded me of, like, the part in Mad Max 2, or Mad Max, uh, Max Payne 2. Oh. Where, like, you go through, like, this trippy fucking theme park. And I think, like, no, I think, I think, I, I can't remember those games that well. I think the first one is where you have the drug trip and everything's really weird. But that one, you just go through the theme park, and it's really weird. Hmm. But, I don't know, it's like everything under a black light, so it's glowing, and like... I don't know, there's also like, he just keeps drawing these random-ass people into his shit, and like, ruining their day. Yeah, that that's the part I probably thought about the most, is that like, Connie does these things, like, selfishly but altruistically. Like, uh, like he's he's trying to make his brother not feel like he's different than ever, anybody else. So, like, he brings him along for a bank robbery, ruins his fucking life by getting him arrested. And then, like, he continues through his day and just continues ruining more and more people's lives, trying to get his brother back. I don't know. There's, like, a kind of a love interest character introduced to, like... I say I say love interest with like the loosest possible interpretation, but like uh she looks like they they establish her age in it and he's like there's something mentioned like, oh, you know, I thought you were much older or something. I was like, she looks way younger. She looks like she's like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. It makes it super cringy whenever like to distract her from the fact that like the news is showing that he's a wanted man. He'd like starts making out with her. Yeah. I was like, Oh no. See, I never really even considered her like a love interest. Like it always felt like she was an instant to, to justify the means. Like he had to, you know, steal a car. So he got, he brought her along and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. And like, eventually he sells her out by not saying anything or just being like, I don't know her uh, to the cops. And you know, I I just feel like that was never really a love interest thing. It was more like, a, hey, I need this car. I need all this stuff that only she can provide, so I have to bring her along. And once I right. use, like, once her usefulness is done, I don't need her anymore. 
But yeah, that thing was super cringy where he's like, oh, you're 16? Well, you definitely look older. And she's like, yeah, I get that a lot. I'm like, there's no fucking way. You have a bow in your hair. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Pretty gross. I don't know. (laughs) Aside from the heist part, like, I think that the best part of the movie is like the security guard at the amusement park catches them like trying to find this acid and money that the dude stashed there. Um, so like Robert Pattinson beats the fuck out of him, but like he had already called the cops. So when the cops show up, like he takes his security uniform off and puts it on. Uh, and then the dude like dumps this bottle of acid down his fucking throat. And he's like, this motherfucker's not going to remember anything. So then the cops come and it's like, oh, this guy's knocked out in here. Uh, and like he comes to and he's just like babbling incoherently. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy fuck, they they fucked this guy's whole thing up. It, they fucked up his whole life for for this. Like and, and not to mention he's a black man and they're and he's and Robert Pattinson is a white guy. So who are they going to believe? Like if you put the the whole context of race into that, too, like that guy is done. I feel like they would figure it out, you know, later, because, like, he is a wanted fugitive. I feel like they can figure that out. Also, the guy works for the amusement park. Like, they would have records of him being an employee. Mm-hmm. But at the time, like, in the middle of the night, there's no way you're going to be able to verify employment records. So, uh, at the time, it it seems especially horrible. You mentioned, like, it feeling like a collection of scenes. It almost feels like a serious version of The Hangover. Where it's just, like, a yeah. bunch of plots. Like, hey, this thing happened. Like, all this crazy shit happened. Now we gotta go here, because this is where the next place we gotta go is. And more crazy shit just happened. And it just keeps escalating upon itself until it finally comes to a head. Uh, and a man falls out of a fucking building. Yeah. Uh, this. It feels like it was <laughs> written as like um like the storyboard for this movie was like Charlie Day running yarn between thumbtacks on like <laughs> making random connections between shit. Yeah, Pepe Silva. <laughs> now I have to watch that scene. That scene's fantastic. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's about all I had on that. Yeah. So, what did you think of Robert Pattinson? Because basically, this is his movie. He's he's the main character, and I mean, uh, aside from the Lighthouse and like a couple other movies, like yeah, I didn't really see him. So, what did you think? He's fine. He was he is a fine actor. I didn't like the character. I don't think that I was meant to, but mm-hmm. he does a fine job in the film. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So, I mean, I feel like we know the rating on this. Uh, I'm I'm giving it a three. Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I don't know. It's a bit higher of a three, but uh, yeah. I, I don't think, like, I, I understand why people possibly like the Safties. I just don't think I ever will. Unless they completely change how they direct movies. All right. Uh, what's coming up on the next exciting episode dan well uh okay so this depends on you uh have you scheduled anim april stuff yet no i'll i'll look at what's available and uh let you know 
But yeah, it's the the start of Anime April. So for the whole month of April, as a joke, we're gonna review anime stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that, bring, um, that brings me do to... Do we tr- have a patron review or anything for next week? No, uh, I have to put up the whole thing. Uh, typically, like, first episode of the month, I like doing Cautionary Tales of Netflix. So I have to find an okay. animated movie that's bad enough. Because that, so, it's so Well, it's I was going to say, since it's the start of Anime April, maybe we should watch the end of Evangelion. Okay. Sure. Because sure. we reviewed that show, and yeah. both were kind of lukewarm on it. I like it. I mean, I don't like it, but uh, it makes sense. It does have a kind of twisted logic to it. All right. So, yeah, uh, we'll review something and then uh, the end of Evangelion. I'm fine with this. Yeah. Okay. And I'll let you know as soon as possible what I pick, because if we're watching like a whole season of something, we need to get on it. That's, That's true. Oh, wait, there's End of Evangelion, and then there's Evangelion Death True Squared. Because, you know, Kingdom Hearts <laughs> bled into everything else. Yeah. Not, not that one. Okay, so just the end of Evangelion, got it. Yeah. Which is supposed to, like, codify and explain a lot of the shit that happened in the series, but we'll see how it works. Yeah, we'll see about that one. We'll be the judge of that. Who knows? Maybe it'll make me like the series better. Um, tell them stuff, Dan. Well, you can find our show at NetflixAndSwill.com. Uh, search us on your podcast platforms such as uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and give us a follow there. And uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts or Podchase or something that allows reviews, leave us a review because uh, we'd like to, you know, look good. Also, Patreon.com slash NetflixAndSwill. Uh, where you can contribute to us monetarily if you have such means. You just got your Biden bucks, so, uh, you know, what's the harm in that? Yeah, it's free real estate. All right, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter. Uh, which fucking slaps. It's a good, good band. Yeah! Have you listened to their EP? I'm not putting you on the spot. Um, I haven't yet. You definitely Send should. Link. Uh, what do you use to listen to your music? Is it just YouTube? Yeah, I guess. All right. I'll send Link. Uh, it's not their new EP, it's their old EP, but you should all listen to it regardless. Just search Space Weather on, like, YouTube or Spotify. You'll find them. Are we still gonna do an album review for that? Yeah. Whenever it happens. Sweet. Okay. Look for that sometime in the future. Yeah. Uh, and until next week, this is Caleb Sane. We'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.